includes writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay, the boot is away. And it's gone. Welcome on, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And we had a little bit of a surprise before the start of the Oklahoma State game. After weeks and weeks of us telling you that Donovan Smith is the guy. So don't worry about Donovan Smith. He's the guy. He's our quarterback. That's my quarterback. We've been doing this for weeks. Rest assured, little do we know, he has a shoulder problem on his non-throwing shoulder and on his non-throwing arm. And, well, Baron Morton comes in and doesn't do too shabby. So to talk about Baron Morton and his play in Stillwater against the Oklahoma State Cowboys, I got on with me, the producer extraordinaire, my right-hand man, Dylan Smythe. What's up, Dill? I, mean, I don't know if you're prepared to do this like I am, but it's time for me to eat some words when it comes to Baron Morton. It's time for us as a podcast to, to eat some words when it comes to Baron Morton, because we had been pretty adamant you ride with Smitty, and uh, after seeing what we saw yesterday, I think we were wrong. Well, okay, I will, I will, I will preface this, because some, some people did definitely come at me and be like, ha, we told you! Um, I do want to preface this a little bit. So, I will say this, I... It, I, uh, we have been very Team Smitty, myself included. Um, I'm still Team Shuck, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, with Baron Morton, I was always of the opinion that I do not care about a third-string quarterback enough to demand him start, right? I don't know if he's good, but the coaching staff saying that he's the third-string is good enough for me to say, you know what, let's ride with the guy who's the starter. And, I, and I'm like that consistently. Even when Davis Webb was a starting quarterback and some little no-name from East Texas named Pat Mahomes was the backup, I said you ride with Davis Webb. I'm pretty consistent on that on that thought process. Um, but unfortunately for Donovan Smith, whenever the backup does come in, if he outperforms you, big yikes, my guy. Big yikes. And and now it's uh, it's rough sliding ahead. So, so Dylan, let's talk about the game itself. Um so, right from the get-go, Baron Morton gets the start. I had a little bit of confusion before the game. I saw some tweets saying that it was the injury, and the, then all the tweets that were like, no, he was just flat-out benched. Um, luckily, Coach McGuire did did uh, firm it up at the end of the game. He did say that Donovan Smith was indeed injured. He did actually have a soldier injury, and that was the primary reason he did not play in this, or did not start, at least, in this game. Um, he did play a little bit. But he did not start in this game because of the injury to his uh, uh, to his shoulder. But right from the get go, um, Baron Martin comes in one drive, three minutes, touchdown, right from the jump. What was your first thought seeing Baron Martin lead a really successful eleven play drive to open the gate? Well, so that drive was hands down like the best opening drive we've had all year. This team historically has started slow, and we've had to dig ourselves out of holes. We kind of saw the opposite on Saturday, right? We, we started really fast, and then and then it started to unravel there at the end. But it was uh, Baron Morton was slinging it like from the get go. I think they called the pass first play of the game. Um, his ability to push the ball really quickly to the outside hash. Um, you saw him take a few strikes downfield. He was really impressive early on. Like Baron Morton, people were were juiced because like early on he he was playing with confidence, and the offense was playing with a rhythm that I don't know if we've seen before this year. 
So this weekend I was at a soccer tournament for my oldest, um, which travel soccer is insane, by the way. But that's another story for another day. Um, and I didn't get, I didn't actually get to the game till the end of the first quarter. But on the rewatch, um, but but before I did the rewatch earlier today, I um, I did get a chance to see the highlight. So I got home beginning of the second quarter and I wanted to see like, okay, what what's going on? What's the highlight? I saw that throw before I even turned the TV on. I saw that throw and I'm like, wow. That's the best throw from any quarterback, Texas Tech quarterback. Uh, the, the touchdown pass to 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 Duran Bradley, best throw from any Texas Tech quarterback I think I've seen all season. Shot Smith doesn't matter. Incredible drop in the bucket pass on the money in stride in the back of the end zone. Wildly impressive, wildly impressive to say the least. And that, that entire drive on the rewatch, I was like, man, this he's playing. He played with confidence, played with moxie. And I'll say this, in the spring game, that's the same attitude. That's actually what kind of perked my ears up a little bit in the spring game. He had that same intensity, that same energy. And you saw it from the very beginning of this game. Uh, 7-0, out the gate. And then Oklahoma starts coming. They score a touchdown. They score two touchdowns. They score a field goal. It's 17-7. And Dylan, do you feel like the wheels are starting to come off a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you you could see that the defense had played really well up until that point, but it got to a point where, like, this defense could not get Spencer Sanders down. We, we did a very good job pressuring him. We got a few sacks on him, but there were a lot of opportunities that he found a way to escape and make something happen. And uh, Spencer Sanders kind of did what y'all feared he would in the preview podcast. Yeah, so he had that 14-yard run for a touchdown to give them the lead. Um, and that that drive was, was a little frustrating in itself, right? They, they have great field position to start it off. He had that great pass to Bryson Green to start that drive. And then had uh, uh, just when you thought, well, maybe Tech can get something going. He has that uh, a third down conversion to Brennan Presley and then the, then the touchdown run. Uh, we also had a missed field goal. Right, or right before that, that would have given us the lead before they scored that touchdown. Um, and then it's 17-7. And, and I know my me personally, I'm like, well, Oklahoma State's just a much better team, right? This is where it starts, that we're down 10. Like, well, we'll see what happens here. But we've talked about it all year. This is not the same, what was me, Texas Tech team. They fight back. And before halftime, they score a few points, and it's 24-20 at halftime, thanks to, again, more Baron Morton magic, including a run for a touchdown. Uh, now you all run for a touchdown, showing off that athleticism. And then that nice pass for Xavier White, a screen of Xavier White where he gets in there as well. Yeah, and, and you've, you've seen this team, and you saw it in a different way on Saturday, but you've seen this team. This team doesn't quit, um, and it's something you haven't seen in a long time at Texas Tech. This team does not quit. They're always in these games. I think every single one of our losses against top 25 teams were within two possessions. Like This team stays in it. Credit to them. Obviously, they couldn't get it done, but just the fact that they were in it till the very end with the redshirt freshman at quarterback against like the, a top 10 team in the country, super impressive. So let me ask you this, Dylan. So we score a touch, scores a touchdown to open the second, second half. We're up 31-23. It's an eight-point lead. From that moment on, so let's say we score with about eight minutes to go, eight and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. We do not score another point for the rest of the game. Oklahoma State ends up from that 23-point barrage. It scores 18 more points, wins the game 41-31. What changed from eight minutes and 40 seconds in the third quarter to the rest of the game to have that 18-0 swing? It's hard to say what exactly changed. I mean, Spencer Sanders started making a little bit more plays. Um, Baron Morton definitely cooled off a little bit. Like, first half Baron Morton versus second half Baron Morton were were slightly different people. Um, 
I think, I, I, you know, it's a great question. I wish I knew what changed. I don't know if you have a better answer for me, but it just felt like Spencer Sanders started making plays and nobody could cover Rasheem Green. <laughs> That's one of them. I think, oh, so I think this is one of those pieces. Tech, we're a pretty young team, especially now we have a, a retro freshman quarterback at the helm. Um, but it's not just that. I mean, our receivers are pretty young. Um, our, our, we have some some new pieces at O-line. Defensively, our linebackers are, are, are fairly young. And so we're still a pretty young team. And I think you saw some of the veteran presence from Oklahoma State at the end of the game really start to tighten up and know that it was winning time, right? Tech went up eight in the third quarter. Another score, right? Another score after going up eight, we force a punt. And I believe right after we force the punt from Oklahoma State, if we score points there and make it a two-possession game, score a touchdown there and make it a two-possession game, I'm not saying the game is over, but the game is firmly in Texas Tech's grasp once you're up 15 points, right? You're up 15 points, and the game is yours at that point. Um, And not being able to get points there, we had a three and out right after. You give up a touchdown. You get that Baron Morton mistake that we were kind of all waiting for, right? We were up on pins and needles. That interception, which... I don't, even on the rewatch, it's, it's really just a bad read. You know, they're reading his eyes the whole time. Um, he's, he kind of tries to force the ball in, but completely misses, uh, uh, completely misses the backer there and, and, and leads to a really bad interception, which that right, that, which leads to Oklahoma State points, right? So that's arguably a, a 10, maybe even 17 point swing there because at that point you're thinking, well, Tech's at a good spot. Maybe we can, or, or Tech's, Tech might be able to get something back. Maybe we get something going, and you get an interception. You get them right at the Oklahoma State side, and, and it's it's easy money. It's easy points, and defense holds them to a field goal there, but it's not it's not great. It's a 10-17 point swing. Another three and out, right? And to where now Oklahoma State's able to play the, the uh, field position game. And then even as you have, finally you have a, a, a possession down three, a, a, a series, that's working for you. Eight plays down the line. You're on the OK State 40, uh, 44, third and one. And you do back-to-back run plays, which I know a lot of people are upset about the run plays. I don't have a – here's the, the thing in my opinion. You should always – I'm of this belief. You should always be have an O-line and be physical enough to get one yard. And Coach McGuire's talked many times about the brand. We're going to be the hardest, most physical, toughest team – well, O-line, to be that physical, toughest team, you got to get one yard on back-to-back plays. And I feel like Ketley and McGuire felt that this we should be good enough back-to-back run plays to get one yard. We just weren't, right? And I think the argument is, some people would argue, well, you know, you look at Oklahoma State's D-line, you look at our O-line, we should, we're not big enough to get those one plays. Um, I saw somebody somebody tweet, like, why are we running it <laughs> with one yard to go? I'm like, what? What? How do you not run well, it with one yard to go? Well, and you when know, we didn't, we throw these little short uh, out passes on the outside, and they weren't working for us. So, well, and, and the, well, and that's another thing is that we weren't working for us because the O line or the receivers weren't blocking, right? So, I think this was actually I thought a really well called game by Zach Clayley. I didn't have many complaints um, about the calls with, with in this one. Uh, we did go for it on fourth once on our own end uh, side of the field early. I, I, the first I, possession. And it's funny because I almost feel like I don't know if it may be uh, um, somebody from from uh, the administration was like, hey, man, stop that. Cut that. We did not do that again for the rest of the game. Only four downs we went for for the rest of the games were on the other side of the field. Um, even sometimes when I was on a fourth and two uh, or fourth and three happened early and we were on our 37 where I was like, ah, damn it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Joey's gonna f around and do it again. Which he was like, no, what? I'm a punt. <laughs> All right, relax, guys. I'm gonna punt. Um, but I didn't have a problem with going for it on fourth uh, uh, here at this instance. You're on Oklahoma State 40, 45, fourth and two. Go for it. I didn't have a problem with Kitley's play calling. Sometimes not play calling is execution. And I thought a lot of the time, especially in the uh, in the second half, we did not execute the way we should have. Two plays, third and one, then fourth and two. That's flat out execution. That's flat out me versus you and Oklahoma State won. Right? And I, I'm not gonna blame play calling for deciding to run it on two. Two back-to-back plays when we should be able to get one yard as an O-line, as man on the line, to force to, to impose your will and get that one yard. And I don't have a problem if we are to be that physical team to do so. Oklahoma State just outpowered us, and it is what it is. Um, we had another opportunity down three. Um, again, getting to, getting to Oklahoma State 43, and fourth and seven, we weren't able to make it happen. So we were in there. That ten, We ended up losing by 10, um, which is one of those situations where the game was much closer than that 10-point outcome showed. Uh, but, you know, the team fought. Perrin Morton got absolutely abused, obliterated, battered up, beaten down, and was still fighting. Um, so much so that at the end of the game, some people were saying, why the hell is he playing? He's hurt. Get him out of there. <laughs> the, the announcers were calling for Donovan Smith. It was so funny. Yeah. But, it's, um, first of all, the... The announcers were something else. Yeah, they were. I, I, I had to rewatch on mute because I couldn't, I couldn't do this anymore. Of, uh, uh, it was, it was something. But yeah, no, I, you know, this game was one where I, I liked the fight. I liked the grit. You're going into Stillwater, an undefeated team, seventh ranked team in the nation, um, and you fought. And you, for a, a good piece of this game, looked like a. Uh, I'm not, I don't necessarily say better team, but looked like an even team. You looked like you were on even footing. And this game's in Lubbock. No doubt in my mind, it's probably a tech victory. But um, just one team, the more veteran team, was able to get the W at the end there. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State should just get a lot of credit for finishing this game. I think they make good adjustments at the second half. You asked me what they were. I'm not quite sure what they were, but they, they slowed down Barron more than that's for sure. Um, but to uh, I think at one point in time, we scored on four straight possessions. And then in the second half, our last six possessions in an interception, two punts, and I think three consecutive turnover on downs. So I, I just think you have to give Oklahoma State a lot of credit defensively. It seemed like they adjusted to Baron Morton. It wasn't as easy as it was in the first half for Baron Morton. And, and I don't blame anybody on Texas Tech for that. I just think Oklahoma State deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, OK State was able to get a lot of pressure just using a format front. They, funny enough, um, I, I saw about the same amount of blitzing in the second half as I did in the first. So it wasn't like that type of adjustment. But they were just able to get more pressure using the – so when you're able to get the more pressure using a four-man setup, right, you can sit back in the secondary. You don't have to worry about them. And that secondary, which which um, we were able to kind of abuse, the inexperienced secondary of Oklahoma State that isn't great by any means, not the not the normal Oklahoma State secondary that we've seen in the years past. Um, they were able to farm up a little bit more in the second half and confuse more, and I think. Um, and, that was some of the, and that was some of the work that was done. I, you know, uh, shout-out to – the Oklahoma State um, defensive coordinator uh, that c- completely escapes my mind Derek here. That I know I'll get it back here in a, in a second. Derek Mason, there we go, old Vanderbilt coach. Uh, shout out to him. Did a really good job as far as confusing Morton and and that interception was uh, partly partly on the the, the back there, but also. Um, by design, right? They did a great job of disguising plays and, and stuff there for him. So a rough loss for the, for Texas Tech, which we felt I felt like we were in it. Uh, but I will say, Dylan, 
This was not a game. I tweeted this out. Uh, and I found out I tweeted this out when we were winning. Uh, so maybe it was my fault. Maybe it was, uh, I was foreshadowing it, but it did not feel like, even though we ended up losing the game, a lot of the times when these things happen in the past decade, tech would be up, but you know, eventually good thing would come to an end. Like, you know, you know, eventually like, ah, this is, this is just, eventually this will be bad. Right. Um, I can feel like that. I, I, you know, in the third quarter, fourth quarter, we're winning. And I'm like, you know, I don't feel the doom and gloom of eventually this will be bad. Now, unfortunately, it did happen. Um, but we've had two other games this year where we felt the doom and gloom. We felt the doom and gloom against Houston. Everybody felt the doom and gloom against Houston of here we go again. A game we should have won. We're going to lose. It's not going to be in our favor. Right against Texas. That getting them getting into overtime. Ah, here we go again. I remember this as Alan Bowman and his horns down. And we had two games already where, as tech fans, we're like, oh, we're going to lose because that's just how this works. And so coming into this game, though we did end up losing, I didn't feel that doom and gloom. I, I felt like, now this team... Is this coaching staff at least good enough to get us there? No matter what happens at the end of the game, what ended up happening is that the one team was just a little had more veterans, had more experience, and was able to squeeze it out at the end. Um, but I did not feel the doom and gloom, and I think here in a couple of years we're going to have an opposite situation happen. Yeah, and it's it's a testament to Joey McGuire. He he's changed the culture. He's changed our attitudes, right? Because we are typically very pessimistic Texas Tech football fans, and I'm right with you. I thought, you know, nine nine point game, we're we're in this. Like there's there's plenty of time for us to get back in this game. <laughs> So we'll get back to Baron Martin, but I do want to talk about some of the other offensive players that we had here. Uh, welcome back, Jaran Bradley. Jaran Bradley, uh, not just the, the big touchdown catch, uh, but had a really good game. This was the Bradley I was expecting all season. Um, this was the Bradley that we talked about in the in the season preview that we thought was going to have a big year. He had a had a good good week against Murray State and really kind of disappeared since then. But he was back, eight catches, 119 yards. Um, uh, and, and another shout out to Sir Roderick Thompson, who top 10 now for in career rushing yards at Texas Tech, top five in career rushing touchdowns at Texas Tech. Um, we, before see another season preview, we talked all about how Todd Brooks was the guy going to take his spot. Uh, but Sir Roderick was like, hold on now. Todd is great, but I'm still here. He's actually had an absolutely fantastic last few weeks, and he's RB1. I mean, there's really no doubt about it at this point. Um, anyone else you want to shout out on the offensive side? Uh, Trey Cleveland had another, you know, another hundred yard game, had another just like absolutely ridiculous catch for the back back to back weeks. And then uh, Xavier White continues to play well in um, Miles Price's shoes. Yeah. So Xavier White, remember, he made the switch to slot receiver this year. He'd been a kind of an A back for the last couple of years, made the switch to slot receiver. And, um, you know, when, when, when players make those switches, it's always one of two things, either because we think this is be- better position for you, can be a, a really valuable piece, or it's, we don't know where else to push you. You ain't going to play anyway. Ah, it is what it is. Right? And a part of me coming into the season thought it was the latter. I kind of thought, mm, Xavier White, you're probably not, not going to get it the, the minutes, right? We're putting you in slot receivers so you can just get some, get some practice time in and, and show us better looks, but we don't really think you're going to have playing time. Well, I was wrong. Flat out, Xavier White has been a, a weapon. He show, he's been able to show his speed off. And this slot receive this slot receiver position that he's worked so well at this year, especially in, in absence of Miles Price, he's been able to to make it do what it do. He's he's actually had a really good last couple weeks. Um has played well. And Trey Cleveland will I you know what? Uh, Sunday player. So I'm I'm gonna start saying it every week. Sunday player. Yeah, he, he's got it. 
Um, defensively, Dylan, Krishan Merriweather, game of the year for him. Which is saying a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, which is saying quite a bit, because he's everywhere (laughs) every week. Yeah, but no, 17 tackles and a sack, game of the year so far. He, I saw him in almost every play. Um, and, and who, who else you got? I, I thought the secondary played pretty well. I, I, like I said, outside of covering Bryson Green, I really liked how the secondary came up and tackled. Um, you saw Tyler Owens make an appearance for the first time in this game. He played very well. Rashad Williams with five PBUs. You know that he he was coming up and making plays on everything. Uh, he played very well too. And, and then I, and, uh, I was going to say it's, this is like an almost a negative shout out, but for the first week, somebody has figured out Tyree Wilson. I for the first time, every single time he was on the field, it was like there was a tight end on his side. They did a very good job of trying to neutralize Tyree Wilson. But some of the other guys got back there. Um, you know, they took advantage of their matchups as well. So. A lot of chips on Tyree Wilson. A lot of chips. A lot of double teams. A lot of chip blocks on Tyree Wilson. And there. And you're right. This is the first we've seen double teams on Tyree Wilson before. Um, I think this is the most amount of chip blocks I've seen on Wilson. Completely throwing him off quite a bit, knocking him off to the side a little bit, giving at the very least giving giving Sanders a couple more seconds because Tyree Wilson is having to restart his pass rush. It was actually a great great job, and it's going to be a something that I think the D line in general is going to have to watch out for because you're going to get those chip blocks. So other guys going to have to work. I think Philip Bleedy actually did a really good job because of excuse me because of the freedom that he was given with every all the attention of Wilson. He had a, a decent game. You talked about Tyler Owens, his first start of the season, also had a pretty good game. Kosai Eldridge uh, played played really well in this game as well. Uh, but absolutely, shout out to the secondary though, Rabbit. Rabbit played very well, probably his best game of the season. Um, and you, you, you were talking about Rashad Williams. I thought Malik Dunlap also, once again, playing pretty well in this game. Um, and and the I will say this about, though Bryson Green had a good game, he had to work for it. I, I don't necessarily think that it was a scenario where we just couldn't cover him. He worked for all of his catches. Brendan Presley worked for all of his catches. They had to work for every single one they had. And sometimes, listen... With playing DP is hard. I would argue it's the most difficult position on the football. Like, I mean, outside of quarterback on the football field, it's so tough. You have to be so athletic to cover these receivers. The receivers know where the ball is going. The receivers know what their routes are, and you're just guessing. You're just trying to be there, and it's it's so difficult to play that position. But these DBs are making the receivers work for everything, and that's all I can ask. If receivers are are making stupendous and incredible catches, good for them. But all I can ask you as a secondary is to make it wildly difficult. And almost every catch Bryson Green made, he had to work for it. And that's, yeah, absolute shout-out to the entire secondary. All of them. All of them. So, going back to, to, to Baron Morton, right? We said we'd get back to Baron Morton. Um, final stat line, he threw the ball 62 times. Lord Jesus. Dropping back 62 times is a bit. It's a bit much. Um, but 379 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. But overall, a really good game by the redshirt freshman. This was the game that everybody was like, oh, he's a four-star from West Texas, a four-star from Eastland. He's the guy. We don't want him to – He's. this is what everybody's been talking about for the last two years of can't wait to see him in action. And he showed out. He absolutely showed out. I have nothing, uh, nothing else to say. I mean, really – 
only about one or two mistakes throughout the game. Had a lot of energy. Showed off his athleticism, too. I said two touchdowns, two passing touchdowns. He had three touchdowns overall. Um, 46 yards on the ground. I mean, what do you make of his overall game and what it means for him in the quarterback competition? Something about the way that Kit Lee and Morton kind of work together. There, there seemed to be some synergy there that we haven't seen all season. Um, there, there was a lot of confidence in, in his abilities. I mean, to, to put the ball in his hand 60 times through the air, let's not even mention probably the dozen run calls that were either made by him or that he decided to run with. I mean, you put, I think we had something like 100 plays from scrimmage and virtually 75 of them were in his hands. They gave Baron Morton this game. They said, you know what, kid? Go for it. And so that tells you they have a lot of confidence in Baron Morton. And, you know, I can kind of see why. Um, I, I'm I'm a believer now. Um, I, I think Baron Morton showed us a lot in this game. He showed us toughness. He showed us arm strength. He showed us he was making quicker decisions than I think Donovan Smith is making at this point. Like, his decisiveness was impressive. He was doing some of the things that we've been waiting Donovan Smith to do. So it's hard to... It's hard to it's hard to want to go back. Yeah, we talked about in the chat in, in our TNT group chat. As far as uh, I made a comment in there saying that it seems like Kitley is trusting um, Morton more to go downfield, and then we got to kind of get a little discussion as far as is it that Kitley is trusting Morton to go downfield, or is that Morton just taking those chances, right? Because Smith checks down a lot. Right, Smith's a little bit more worrisome as far as okay, well, maybe I should check down, maybe I should go to the running back, go to the the shorter throw, and it just seems like Morton's just more willing to go for it, and uh, and which was which is a great point made, and so it's it's very interesting. I agree with you. I look at it and and Smitty's been my boy. I like Smith. I like what he's brought to the team. Are we in a scenario where we're up eight in the third quarter with Donovan Smith at quarterback? I hate to say it, I don't think so. I just I don't really think so. I don't think we're in a scenario where we're in this game, leading this game, if Donovan Smith was the quarterback on Saturday. And that in itself is enough, not to mention that we've talked about it. I mean, Baron Morton's the future. Let's face it. Facts are facts. He's the future. And so with that being said, if I know we've been a Smitty podcast. I know I've been a Smitty guy. But when it comes to Smith versus Morton, I, I got to go Morton. I gotta go, Morton. It's just it's sorry. It's he's I I'm I'm switching ties. I'm not loyal. Like, let, let me tell you that right now. I am not loyal. I am I loyal to the best QB every week. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. This this opinion is subject to change, right? But I'll say this: they said, "Hey, Morton, here's the keys. We're gonna go into Stillwater against the seventh ranked team in the nation that's undefeated that just beat the 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 preseason Big Twelve favorite last week. Good luck." And he shined. He shined. I mean, what is there's really not much more you can you can say about his uh, his ability and what he was able to show here. Um, yo, shout out to shout out to Baron Morton. I also think Baron Morton. Another thing that he did that was really key in this game is his. Um, I hate this word, but I can't think of a better one. Escapability. <laughs> it, it just felt like this offensive line looked better this week, and it wasn't because they were better. It was because Baron Morton could step up into the pocket could get out of the pocket it just seemed like <clears throat> his ability to get to move the pocket around and, and step up and, and things of that nature helped the offensive line out quite a bit no absolutely absolutely he uh you know he, he got a little he got a little sauce to him in the pocket he had that one play where he made that move in the pocket totally had a like, kind of spun out of there um almost got tackled and then and then delivered that strike to the to the sideline that was 
quite impressive. Um, Tony so Romo. Yeah, no, I mean, okay, get your, get your <laughs> Cowboys business out of here. All right, he is much. He's he's much uh, much flashier. You know, he's much more poised than Tony Romo. I'm sure he dresses better because I'm sure he gets his clothes from home field apparel. I meant just just um, uh, just like oh, oh. Go, go go ahead to your plug. Yeah, come on now! You're ruining, ruining the ad here. Home field apparel. Uh, get some of the best Texas Tech swag that you can. Uh, get you. It's it's getting cold now. They have a nice uh, old school double T with the old school Mass Rider hoodie on there. So get that vintage Mass Rider hoodie. That'd probably be the one that I. That's the next one on my list. Um, let me tell you something. If you go on there, it ain't it ain't the, the it's a little bit up there in price, but I'm gonna help you out there. It's seventy two bucks, but if you put in the promo code takes twelve t a k e s one two, you get fifteen percent off. Right, that is the best way to minimize the price for you to get it cheaper using our promo code takes twelve t a k e s one two. Also, we got the crew neck there. That's actually a little bit cheaper, sixty five dollars. You can still use that promo code takes twelve to so get fifteen percent off. Um, of your order. So. Now, to, going back to the well-dressed man that is Baron Morton, um, I talked about my allegiance towards him versus Smith. We have a bye week coming up next week. After that bye week is West Virginia. Sometimes you you end up having a scenario that uh, happens all over the country, and it happened many times over the years where you have a mini competition. Right, six weeks into the season, we have seen one quarterback for a half and Tyler Shuck, and a quarter, and Tyler Shuck. We've seen Donovan Smith now for five and a half game or for four and a half games, and we've seen Baron Morton for a game. They're gonna. I'd imagine if I'm the coaching staff, I spend the next two weeks and say we're gonna have a mini quarterback competition, a la if you remember back in 2013, uh, we had one between Michael Brewer. Davis Webb and and Baker Mayfield. Now this was a month before the bowl game, but very similar to that, where we say, you know what, let's reset it and let's pick a quarterback for in two weeks for the West Virginia game. You have a crystal ball, Dylan. If you're the head coach, you're you're Joey McGuire. You say let's go all the time. You're, you're the leader of the brand. Who is your quarterback going into the West Virginia game? Well, just just to go back just a little bit, a few weeks ago, Coach McGuire was asked this question. He said he was going to do exactly what you just said. He He's going to open it up. It's going to be a three-man quarterback competition. And if I am Joey McGuire and I have all the energy in the world to recruit and just blow the minds of Texas Tech fans, I think I'm rolling with the future. I'm going with Baron Morton. You would have asked me this last week. I would have been on your side, I think. Um, and I probably would have said Team Shuck, but... At this point, I it's not like this this season is going to explode because you start Tyler Shuck. I don't think we're an eight-win team if Tyler Shuck comes in. I, I think our cap is six, maybe seven wins. And so at this point... It is the cap? Yes, that's, that's the, the cap. That's the most? Yeah, it's the cap. I see three, four more wins in the back half of the schedule. And I don't see any, any of the three quarterbacks really moving the needle one way in terms of wins... So I want to see the young guy. I want to see Baron Morton. I saw enough from him last week to say, you know what, we need to roll with him the rest of the season so that next year he, he's seasoned, he's ready to go. Interesting, interesting. So um, 
Uh, a couple things I, w- I want to take out. So interesting that you say seven seven wins is the cap. Uh, there was a Twitter poll uh, that came out um, asking what people thought halfway through the season uh, our record would be. The answers were nine and three, eight and four, seven and five, six and six. I think the most popular answer was seven. And yeah, five. the floor was six uh, and six. Six and six. The floor was six and six. Which I, I, I saw your comment too, and I was with you. I was like, oh. <laughs> I can't remember what podcast it was, but I was like, you guys are dreaming a little bit yeah yeah you know I, and i do think if you've been listening to this podcast you know i i, I uh my prediction was four and eight on the season um my prediction was four and eight on the season and i think this team i think the coaching staff is coaches team up now well i think i'm willing and we're gonna have a um a mid-season review episode coming up here uh towards the end of the week but i'm of the point now where i do think this team is better than four and eight I no longer hold the opinion this is a four and eight team. This again was the mindset of yesteryear. This is we're now in a new, new, uh, new age. Um, I don't think six and six is the floor, though. <laughs> I will say that that's kind of it's a little, a little much, right? But um, uh, actually, even having nine and three as a ceiling, woo, buddy, that's 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 winning out. But uh, uh, but I will say this team is a lot better now. To go back to the, another another poll that was came out. Uh, shout out to R- I know the, who put this one RC Maxfield. Uh, shout out to him. Put a table of who Tech fans want to be the starter between Shuck Smith and Morton, and Sh- Morton won overwhelmingly <laughs> as the guy. There's no question who Tech fans want after seeing him play against Oklahoma State, and that is Baron Morton. I mean, he would he would have won that I mean, poll last week. Let's be honest, but. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's true. No, but I mean, I, I can't blame Tech fans for that, right? Now, I'm not going to be upset if Baron Morton uh, is trotted out. Uh, to be honest, I think the one person that I think fan base would be pretty upset at if he saw play against West Virginia is Donovan Smith, unfortunately. Um, I think he is the, the – after what we've seen, I think he's the guy that everybody now, I, I believe, feels – uh, feels that it's just not it. He's, he's just not he, – and it's not that he's not good. He's wildly inconsistent, right? He's very inconsistent. I think that inconsistency sometimes can be a little bit of a plague. And we saw consistency with, with Morton. We didn't see – I mean, you in the second half, after he got hurt, mind you, he was hurt. He was limping around. He kind of got hit in his lower body and, and definitely not injured, I would say. I, I think he'll be fine, but definitely hurt. And that, that limited some of his mobility – in the second half, um, but we we, I, we still saw strikes. We still saw some of that, uh, some of the play that makes you think that he's the guy. Um, but I'm still Team Shuck. I, I still believe. I'm still of the belief that Tyler Shuck is the best quarterback on roster, has the best arm talent on roster, can make all the throws. And, and I know a lot of people are saying, well, Albie, how do you even know that? He's barely played. He played one quarter against Murray State, and then he played the game against Houston and a couple games before he got hurt last year. Um, you know, how do you – and I it's I, I saw some of his film at Oregon where he was slinging it at Oregon. Um, I, Houston game was hella impressive last year. I've seen, I've seen some of his play now two spring games in a row, right? He has that. That arm talent. He's there. I'm a big believer in Tyler Shuck. I still think he's the guy. Um, he he he's got to be healthy, right? So I, if it's me, if I'm the coach, from what I've seen before, I probably roll with Tyler Shuck. Of just saying, being that I want the best quarterback to be the quarterback of the team. The other two guys are still young enough to do it. They'll have their time in the sh- to to shine. But let's roll with Tyler Shuck. However. If Baron Morton's the guy, if Baron Morton's the pick, I'm I'm with it. I get it. Like, I'm I'm with you on that aspect of saying, 
how about we just say, you know what? Let's roll with the future for now. For the last six months or for the last couple months of the season, last six games of the season, roll with the young guy, give him the experience. That mind you, the reason why Donovan Smith was given the start the starting job over Morton to begin with was because he had the experience from last year. So let's give Morton the experience this time so that next year when we do have a more well seasoned team in year two under McGuire, we got a quarterback that that is ready, right? A la Mahomes. If you remember, Mahomes had a similar situation. Davis Webb went down. Mahomes came in, looked bad to start his career. And then, I remember that Texas game. He did not look good in that Texas game to start his career, right? And then he got a little, or the Oklahoma State game for that matter. Then he got a little bit better and better. And then you have the top Baylor game where he was so good that Jared Stidham said, ah, you know what? You know what, Browse? I'll take that car. <laughs> that commitment to Baylor, actually, right? And then the next year, Pat Mahomes set the world on fire, and he's known as one of the greatest Texas Tech quarterbacks of all time, right? And so in that same vein, so I get both arguments to that. I would probably go Shuck, but I absolutely understand going with Morton, and I'm not against going with Morton. Either. So you've heard it here, folks. You've heard it here first, folks. I'm doing the thing that Albie Shore does to everybody else. Ah, you heard it here okay. first. Baron Morton is Patrick Mahomes. I'm pretty sure that's what I just heard you say. <laughs> Oh, damn, you did my thing against me. I don't like, I don't like this. Uh, I don't like this. You did my thing against me. Um, oh, my goodness. I saw. I just saw Rob Bro, um, oh boy. the Bear Raid. He called yeah. it the Bear Raid. That's awesome. That's good. That's fantastic. Oh, I mean, that's when you good. throw the ball 60 times, like it's, we're, we're back, baby. Damn, that's good. That's good. The Bear Raid. Ah, can I switch my pick now? <laughs> just for this name. I mean, you just already compared the guy just to Patrick Mahomes, so you might as well. <laughs> just, I just thought. I might switch my pick from Shuck to Morton. So if I'm Joey McGuire and I go on Twitter and I see the Bear Raid, I, I, that's, that's changing my pick. I'm changing it. Sorry, Shuck, come back in my office. You can't be starter anymore unless you can come up with a better name than that. Sorry, man. But um, no, that's beautiful. Shout out to Rob, bro. Um, but anyways, so that's it. Texas Tech does end up losing to Oklahoma State, forty-one to thirty-one. Um, a lot of points given up, but the defense did actually play better than what it looked like at forty-one points. But uh, Tech was in it. I guess the seventh ranked team in the nation, uh, arguably most likely going to win the Big Twelve. So. Well done. Well done there for Texas Tech. Uh, anything else you want to say to the people, Dylan? It sounded like you just predicted Texas Tech to win the Big 12, but I know you're talking about Oklahoma State. Um, yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm not going to make either of those predictions, but I do think this team has shown us it's going to be in every single game. I think every single game on our schedule, we will be in it. Now, whether or not we come out victorious, I do not know. But this team is competitive. We're going to be in every single game for the rest of the year. Yeah, and that's great. Here's the thing. We have finished a stretch of five straight ranked teams, which broke a school record set last week when we finished a stretch of four straight ranked teams. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I mean, mightily impressive. To go through that stretch two and three is, well, we could have easily been 0-5, and, and, and it had been like, well, you know, that's just tech. You know, we, we finished the stretch two and three, Um Played well in all those games, and and uh, this is a team that's gonna like like Dylan said is definitely gonna fight. Now, as we I currently look at the schedule, we only got two ranked teams left, and that's TCU and Kansas. Um, Baylor will likely be ranked by the time we play them, in my opinion. But um, Oklahoma looks down bad, down bad, 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 and it's a home game too. And so, like this is the back half of the schedule is one where I'm looking at it and say, and you know, not too shabby. 
We might be able to make things work. At the very least, finish it three and three and get to a bowl game. So um, this will this will definitely be fun. An interesting season, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for this back half of the season. This will be a lot of fun. Uh, stay tuned. We will have during the bye week our bye week episode. Um, I don't know if Dylan will be on there or not. I know me and Jeremy will be on there, but uh, when, um, when is this happening? Thursday. This will. Yeah. Well. Yes. We'll no, talk about I won't be there. Fine, but yeah, we'll. We'll, we'll record. We'll record later this week. Um, for our bi-week episode, we, we kind of sit back. Uh, Jeremy drinks whatever hipster drink he wants to drink, and we think about the first half of the season and look forward to the second half of the season. We're uh, not too shabby. Like I said, not too shabby. So, for the producer extraordinaire that is Dylan Smythe, this is Albie Shore, and you have been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network and the official podcast of Red Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people.